favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show, late night edition, because we are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Judd, it is Declan, uh, Declan at his home base. I'm at the XL Energy Center, where the Wild just beat the Florida Panthers 2 to nothing in their season opener. Uh, plenty to get to, Dex, from this one. A lot of interesting elements, actually, for a low-scoring game. But let's start with the star of the game, Philip Gustafson. Um, it's funny, a year ago, what, the Wild got off to a poor start. I, I think they were 0-2 when they put the gust bus between the pipes against Colorado because Marc-Andre Fleury was not playing well in the first two games. And uh, Gustafson looked, in that game in particular, pretty overwhelmed. What a difference a year makes. I mean, what we saw tonight... Um, the Wild outshot 41 to 21, outshot 13 to 6 in the first period, 13 and 10 in the second, and 15 to 5 in the third. And Gustafson pretty much single handedly shuts out the Panthers. Uh, a very impressive performance by a guy who looks like he has every intention of being this team's unquestioned number one goaltender, Dex. Yep, he's damn good, man. Uh, our friend Jesse Pierce, what'd she tell us? Said they're most confident about the goaltender. Yeah, she told me that again, writing down here. Oh, Jesse. yeah, she said, yeah, Jesse, I was standing by, by Jesse going downstairs here in the, in the uh, elevator, and you'll be shocked to know she reminded me again that the, the goaltending is the strength of this team. It is. Uh, look, Gus was fantastic tonight. Florida's really damn good. We, everyone knows they made their miraculous cup run uh, last year, and a lot of offense, a lot of firepower. That's a really damn good team. And for Gus to really stand tall for the most part, pretty dang impressive, man. Uh, stood on his head, carried the team throughout the course of this game, and uh, it was a it was a really good win and a good performance from him. He made just about every type of save too, like um, point blank saves, deflection saves, like like there there was nothing that he that he didn't do. That um, a couple of those saves late in in the game were, were absolutely spectacular. Um, but you know what? So the first period, the Wild looked pretty dead. I mean that that was not a. Very good period for them. They didn't look, you know, set to play yet. And I understand it's opening night. So that's neither here nor there. But there were a lot of things that I liked uh, about this game. Gustafson obviously is 1A, 1B, and 1C probably. But let's go to the first goal of the game, uh, Brock Faber's goal. Brock Faber. And, and we've been, I think we have been in a lockstep, Declan, about saying that this guy looks really good. And he and Brodeen are going to be great together. They, they are both magnificent skaters. Um, I, I think that they have already shot to probably the top of the, the top of like the pure skating defenseman pairings. I mean, it's that good. But, you know, and I don't claim to watch every go for hockey game. I think we both watch them occasionally. But that wrist shot, which is sort of a lost art, that wrist shot that he took to score that first goal to beat Bob was um, an absolute thing of beauty and got through unimpeded. Um, and that's sort of the start of it because Brock can bring that. But I also saw instances tonight where Brodeen felt comfortable. In, in fact, I think it was in the second period, there, there was one sequence where Brodeen and Faber sort of flip-flop places, and you could tell Brodeen felt comfortable enough to pinch in and, and try and create offense. I don't know if he would have done that with Dumba, but my God, I'm, you know, this is probably hyperbole right now, but watching those two 
on the ice together and what they both bring. And they do have a similar skill set, but, but when you can skate that well, it's such an advantage. Um, dare I say it, I, th- I, think it, I think there's reason to be very, very optimistic about that pairing. And that, and that goal in particular to me was an absolute beauty because it wasn't a big howitzer slap shot. It was a wrist shot that made its way through everything and scored. Yeah, it was. And uh, by the way, I'm battling a little bit of connection mic issues right now, trying to figure out that uh, figure out that stuff. So I see your comments. If uh, I sound too quiet, let me know. I'm trying to fix it on just the fly. Just turn yourself here. up. I'll turn myself up. I'll just talk a lot louder. That's no problem for me to do either. Um, look, I thought Faber was fantastic today. Do he scores the first goal, and you know we try to preview what to expect from him, just because he's filling big shoes. He looked good in his you know early audition with the wild last year it's a hard jump going from college hockey all the way up to the nhl uh but he just looks like a kid that fits right in and i know you tweeted and i don't think you were really using that much hyperbole that defensive pairing could be one of the best in the nhl not just because it has you know just a lot of natural skill in it and it moves the puck a lot well it it looks really dang good and and Faber also, not just because I think Faber has the skating down and has a lot of tendencies down. Even as a pretty young kid, he has just that natural ability that Brodeen had when he entered the league. But when Faber is in the offensive zone, can he be someone that can also drive possession and have an offensive game that Matt's kind of went downhill towards the end of his tenure here? And I think uh, with Brock Faber kind of stepping in here and being a more upside offensive player, already being a really dang good defensive player, I thought that part was really encouraging to see. So if Brock Faber is that guy, then that's that's only good news for the Wild. Late in, in the, the game, too, and this I love because he's a young guy and, and you might not expect this, but he seems extremely comfortable. Like he, It's one thing to look like you belong, Declan. It's another thing to play like you know you belong. Um, when When you had the interference on... Marcus Johansson, he was shaken up and, and actually left. And so I don't know if he's going to be out now or what exactly transpired there. Um, and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't the worst hit of all time. It was definitely, uh, should have been called one of the first people to the rescue to confront the player from the Panthers was Brock Faber. And like that is another. Hi, Pat McAlady. Um, And that is another thing that, like, when you see that from a youngster, that's damn impressive because there's a lot of young guys, defensemen or forwards, that would would allow the veterans, right, or, or they might pass up the opportunity. I love the fact that everything this kid does, and really from the first day he stepped on the ice here in the, in the playoffs, in which he played every playoff game, which, again, for a rookie defenseman, that's difficult. Um, he looks like he knows he belongs here. He looks like he is um, – he looks like he's played five years, and even something – as small as confronting a guy who you think cheap shotted your teammate to me is a really, really important step for for a guy who tonight was playing in, if I'm not mistaken, what, his first or second regular season game. Right. Because he basically played the playoffs. So so I mean this is this this should be new territory and it didn't look like it. And he was someone too that has some size, but you brought up the point last year where it always felt like Felino had to be the guy to be the muscle, and 
know, I didn't love that the Bally's broadcast was convinced that was a, jo- a dive onto Ch- onto Chuck. Uh, and still interference. In the therapy. It's it is interference. It's still you interference. Do you it. can't do yes. Um, and look, like that's also that's kind of Chuck. Like, are we surprised? He well, pulled a stunt like that either. But Felino got con- Felino either got confused or didn't care. And I will say this about that play. This is the exact type of stuff he cannot do. This is the exact type of crap he pulled in the playoffs, and the officials are looking for it. Like, they were looking right. for it in that playoff series, and everyone was like, that's a BS call. Well, guess what? You're a marked man. But it was another Panther player who delivered a legal check to Felino's face and knocked him off balance. He just got the best of Marcus. So that guy then steps off the ice onto the bench. Kachuk comes on, and I don't know if Felino was confused and thought it was the same guy or just saw a chance to cheap shot Kachuk. Um, you cannot do that, though. That's a stupid penalty, and you can say he dove, but guess what? It's interference. It's away from the puck. Yep. So, like, it doesn't matter. He could have he could have flung himself into the third row or stood up and barely gone down. But what Felino is doing, and he's being watched, like, this is the type of stuff, if you have a clean hit, take the clean hit. Yeah. Uh, but just because you got checked and knocked off balance doesn't give you the right. You know, it's one thing Johansson gets hit, right? Cheap shotted, possibly. Faber comes to his de- defense to what you're saying. Felino has a lot of come to guys defense and i applaud that but i yeah i bet bally's is off base there you can't this this crap has to be cleaned up because you can't afford it in the spring no and and that's why that that, that was my point that i was making that i like that yeah. favor had the intestinal fortitude to step in right to your you could, you could just take a back seat and let the game come to him in a classic hockey cliche but he said no i'm i'm gonna not let that type of stuff happen which i also really appreciate too hopefully Johansson's obviously okay. Don't want to suffer a significant injury on day one of the season. But um, in general, I mean, Gus Bus carried this team, and Florida outchanced, outshot this team throughout the duration of the game. But when you have stellar goaltending and just hey, timely plays, a power play goal too, which which obviously helps, um, you can still win a hockey game here and there. So in, in general, can't be upset if uh, if you win two nothing, your goalie pulls that. Absolutely. All right, let's get to. Um a forward who impressed me. I predicted he was going to score. He did score, but then it got, unfortunately, overturned by an offsides review. Um, And I think all of us that watched this game tonight can see the marked difference. Marco Rossi looks like a different player. And if you recall one of the Wilds' complaints, Bill Guerin, Everson last year when he got sent down was a feeling that he wasn't aggressive enough, that he didn't really take the body, that, that he sort of allowed himself to be taken out of games at times, and they wanted him to be far more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, assertive. Well, how about the difference now? And you can see he's stronger, but how about the difference, Declan, of how much stronger Marco looks on the puck? And that yeah. goal he scored... Um, and I know it got w- waved off, but through no fault of his, um, to hang on the puck and to be skating sort of backwards and, and flick the puck at the net, but also maintain the puck and possession. I thought Marco Rossi showed tonight that he 1000% belongs. And if that's how he's going to start, um, I don't know he's going to be on that third line for long. Yeah, I, he was noticeably better. Um, just looked so much more comfortable, which also is something I liked a lot. Um, it's too bad he got his goal waved off. 
but in general you can tell that I think there was like just a big exhale with his game, right? Like yes. it's just, there's a monkey off his back. Well he's put. not trying to impress anyone. Um, he's not necessarily um, waiting to skate on eggshells, waiting to get reprimanded for it. I thought in general um, he he had a strong game. He, he looks like he belongs a little bit more. It's still a learning curve, but in gen- I, I noticed him on the ice. Noticed him on the ice in a good way tonight. And that's a good thing for him because the Wild can't afford for him to really be like the fourth, third line guy. Like he wants to get his feet wet here through the first half dozen games and get his skates under him and get his legs under him. That's different. But I thought in general it was a really good showing. He just looked a lot stronger and more confident than he did at any point last season. That's really well put. Yes, he looks like he he looks like he thinks he belongs, which he never looked like before. Um, and and I don't think it was ever a question of skill. I do think it was a question of strength. In in fact, he got he got hit a few times tonight. And I think the most encouraging thing was a he hit back, and b he didn't move as much. I remember last year he he'd get hit. And, and we both saw this, and he would just go flying. And it's like, oh, my God. Um, he got hit a few times in the same exact way tonight, and he did not move. I and mean, He is noticeably stronger. Um, ask me this question, because my answer might not be as, as as inspiring as I think folks think. All right, so uh, I think it's Relico on our YouTube channel says, Declan, please ask Judd about Kalen Addison, please. Thanks, Judd. What was your thoughts on Kalen Addison so I didn't notice him a ton. When I did, he was fine. But here's my problem, and and I don't mean to, I don't mean to rain on the parade because I think we both like him. I mean, he's the top power play guy. Klingberg is now at Toronto, and so um, I think we all want him because he does have a certain skill set to succeed. That being said, here's my issue: Kalen Addison, previously, when the GM and coach have not been pleased. It hasn't been something that I think we've identified. Like, in their mind, it's defensive shortcomings, right? And it's physical shortcomings at times. No pun intended because of his size. But I think that that is the, that's the question. And I don't, one is, I think it's going to take a bunch of games to decide this. But two is, there have been times where I thought he's d- doing his job. And, and Dean is like, well, on the power play, he was. But five on five, he's not. So was I discouraged by his play tonight? Absolutely not. Um, do I think it's going to take a larger sample size this season for the coaching staff? Like if we're going to hear um, rave reviews or he's changed a lot, I think that's going to take some time. So so I guess what I what I would say is like Rossi tonight, I saw he looked stronger, definitely stronger on the puck, looked like he belonged. Faber has looked like he belongs since day one. Kalen, At- Kalen Addison, I want to hear Dean's assessment o- over a longer period of time because I think there have been times where both of us have talked about, oh, he's playing okay and then Dean will come out and drill him. <laughs> Does he sit in Toronto on Saturday? Kalen? Yeah. I don't think so. I'm, I, I mean, they, he's running the power play. Right. That's the thing about this. They they went out and got Klingberg to replace him. Um, I no, I think he plays. And look, there are certain guys. Rossi is one of them. Kalen is one of them. They got to play these kids now. Like they got to find out. And to. and to your point, through the preseason, which I agree with, this is basically to me for Kalen. This is decision time. Period. That's it. Yep. That's it. Right. So that's like, it. if he's going to get, oh, we're going to scratch him for five games. I think that's it. 
I, I don't think there's a coming back from that one. And, and if you do that, it's a big deal because I guess my question is, who runs your power play at that point? I, and, and, you know, Spurgeon, who's hurt, keep in mind, Spurgeon has been for the last two years now on the second power play. So it's not like Spurgeon ordinarily is the first guy and Kalen's replacing him right now. Um, so I don't think he sits on, on Saturday. And I think if he sits at all, short of being hurt, Dex, it's a big deal because you can't keep playing this game of, well, we're going to teach him a lesson. It's going to eat popcorn now. Um, I'm just saying it's going to, personally, in my opinion, we're going to have to see him for a while and get that judgment from the coaching staff because we have both gotten over our skis before and been like, oh, I think he's playing pretty well. And they're like, five on five, he's not. Hmm. And he's not playing. Uh, what was your opinions on, uh, on Patty Maroon tonight? I, I saw some fans were, were liking the difference he makes. I see some people in our YouTube comments saying he's a difference maker. What did you think of the veteran Pat Maroon? He's a fourth-line guy who I thought made a big – I think I noticed him the most in the third period, but this was his first game here, at, at least in the regular season. Um, the first period I thought was a, bad, was a bad period across the board for almost everybody except for Gus Bust, didn't you? Yes. Like yeah, I think I mean, we saw was, was, yeah. two periods of this team, um, and, and they got outshot in each period, and they were substantially outshot in the third again. But Patty Maroon is a fourth-line guy uh, who I think is going to add an edge here. I, I saw some – I got some tweets tonight that said this team doesn't look as physical as they have in in the past. Obviously, early last season, they went out and got Ryan Reeves, okay? Yep. Um but if you don't think they looked as physical, I'd say give that some time. Because the first period to me, they just didn't look good. They looked flat. Don't know exactly why, but they looked flat. Second and third, it picked up. I, I noticed Maroon the most in the third. But I think at the end of the day, you are going to see Folino and Maroon especially um, start, to, start to throw their weight around. Felino just has to be smart. Sure. As yeah, you said. And, and they're not going to be ever guys that uh, – or the Wild aren't going to be a team that is, like, super big bruising. Like, they're, that's not really their game. Um, and, you know, yeah. they lose Ryan Reeves, too, so that makes things a little more difficult. But uh, in general, I, I think the Wild could still be pushed around degree. It's just can they not be completely pushed around where they're bullied. And, like, the Wild could have easily lost this game lopsidedly tonight. They had fantastic goaltending, and they had a couple timely goals. But – um, you definitely don't want to see them be pushed around as much as you know as they could be, considering their size and and the fact they don't really have a lot of physicality either. And, and the problem with that too is, um, and this is where this is where it bites them square in the ass in the playoffs is this their defense. Like what you're talking about, I think what people want to see, and I agree with them, but other than probably Jake. Middleton on the blue line, you don't have the size. Yep. Like Maroon and Felino and that group can definitely hit. Uh, but I think what, what people are talking about is like the Golden Knights, right? Golden Knights have some big defensemen. When the Blues won the Cup, same type of thing, right? So I think when people don't see the Wild being physical enough, what they're really seeing is is the fact that the defensemen aren't, for the most part, and that's just true. Uh, John Merrill doesn't probably play enough to to assert himself, and he certainly can't run around trying to hit guys because that will get him benched. Um, I think the only guy on the blue line that, that has true size 
Uh, Jake Middleton is 6'3", 219. Brodine and Faber are marvelous skaters, and they are really, really good players. But, I mean, they're not going to assert themselves physically. They're going to outskill you, outspeed you. So I think when we see this whole thing of, wow, the wild doesn't look as big, that goes back to the blue line, and that goes back to the problem in the playoffs, because big defensemen in the playoffs are what win you Stanley Cups. The wild, as we know, does not have that. Um, what did you think? I've, I've got a question for you off, off of this game, too. What did you think of Alex Goligoski? tonight I didn't notice him as much I, did, I, I wasn't keen in on him so I definitely didn't have um, a super keen eye towards him I mean I did, did you notice anything from, from well, the press box he, this game he fanned a shot in the first period on a play in which he joined um, joining the play I liked fanning the shot I didn't he had a great scoring chance that I think Bob stopped um, I oh, was yes, plus I, yes I was ple- I was pleasantly surprised. I- I've been as hard on him as anyone, and I know he's a great guy, and I know he's from here, and I know that we love him. Um, but, you know, I mean, he's at an age where I think there is-, is a concern. I thought he played well. Now, here's what I really like, though. And this, again, goes back to m- my man crush on Brodeen and Faber. They're the top pairing now. So when it's Goose and Middleton, they're the second pairing. So, like, you're not expecting – it's not – so Goose is stepping in for Spurgeon, but he's not really stepping into that pairing. He's stepping into a pairing that can be restructured now. So that probably helps. Um, But I thought he had a – I thought he had a step tonight. And for a guy his age and a guy that was scratched, I mean, consistently throughout last season, I really liked him. I thought he played well. Now, can he keep keep it up on Saturday in Toronto? I got no clue. I don't know. Once you start to play games, that that could be a test. And I don't know when Spurgeon's back. Um, That's a concern as well. But yes, for for tonight, I thought he played well, which I think is, is a great thing to see because with Spurgeon out, there's obviously not a ton of depth yet behind behind him when it comes to the depth chart defensively uh transitioning what what did you think because i thought it was mostly just kind of a bluff game uh, from that top line with Kirill and zuccarello hartman um what, what did you think from that line no Kirill made some great moves i mean he didn't do a lot but i mean he also made some he, he's just unbelievable i mean he he leaves guys in their jock straps yeah. um zuccarello underwhelmed me i watched him specifically at times yeah. um Dude, and on the power play, well, and I got and I got this on Twitter, and I've seen it here, and I just agree with you all. Um, this power play thing, and look, the power play had, had a goal. I think they were one for four tonight, and they've got it's a new coach in charge of it now. And I understand that there's been changes, and at times you can see that you can definitely see things that are different. But Matt Zuccarello, dude, you got to shoot the puck at times. I this. I mean, I, I don't know. He, he underwhelmed me for the entire game, but if he's going to be on the power play, and I know you want to set up your buddy, I, that's great. That's awesome. But you got to shoot the puck. I guess if I, I guess if I was to list disappointments tonight, I mean, it's one game, so keep that in mind. But I guess if I was to list disappointments, Zuccarello um, needs to give you more on that line consistently, and I didn't see it tonight. Yeah, and I, I you? you know I've made numerous comments that I'm not high on Brian Hartman as one C, but in general I just I just kind of thought the line was not a fart noise, but it was just kind of it was yeah. a passive game. Um, 
You're right. Yeah, Krill, Krill had some moment. I mean, Krill Caprisa, I mean, we were so, we're just spoiled watching him that we weren't, we aren't used to like what a, just a star player can do with the puck. And even with his minor plays, like he's still really noticeable because he's just so damn talented. But in general, yeah, I just, I just thought it could have been better. I, I thought there was, it was just kind of, they were passengers and I, I think it's probably the best way to describe it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hart, Hartman and Zuccarello, I'm trying to think if like I saw them do something where I said, wow, Hartman always works hard. So that's not a surprise. But that's what makes him an ideal third liner. Um, if you are thinking that I'm thinking that if Marco Rossi, if what we saw tonight is him, yep. then yes, I would like to see him with Kirill. I would like to see, I would like, if he can combine strength with skill, and I do think he's got skill, and I don't think skill has ever been his problem. I think it's strength. Oh, no. Yeah, no. But, if, no. But, but if he's got the strength now and it looks like he does, um, I don't, I think it's a no-brainer to flip-flop Hartman and Rossi and new contract be damned. I don't care about that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I I didn't love a lot of those re-signs that they did uh, this evening, but at, or uh, this offseason, especially towards the last week or two leading up to the regular season. Uh, but I mean, that's I mean they've made their bed with it now; like they can't get out of it. So uh, we'll we'll certainly see, I guess, how the rest of everyone basically plays out here. I'm trying to find an update on um, Marcus Johansson. Uh, I, I saw one. I think they said no update yet. Like as in Dean said, oh, of course not. Doesn't have. Of course a, not. Doesn't have an update basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking to right, right here. So anyway, but yes, the first line, nee, not much. I mean, Kirill's great to watch, but yeah. Uh, the second line, I noticed more. Um, Rossi, I definitely saw. And, and look, you know what, two decks, if you look at the lines, okay? So the third line tonight was Rossi, Goudreau on his right, Felino on his left. Um, that's not the skill. And this is no, this is not a shot, okay? Because Felino and Goudreau play their roles. Like they are very important players, kill penalties. So this is, this is no shot at them. But if Marco Rossi, if what we saw tonight is indicative of what we're going to see, this is a pretty easy move. If, if you want, if you want to leave Eck with Boldy and Johansson, which is fine. I'm fine with that. Then Rossi at some point in time here goes up to play with Kirill. And Zuccarello, Hartman goes down to the third line, and I actually like what the fourth line will bring. I I think that Duhame, Dewar, and Maroon could be a very very interesting fourth line that can give you a combination of just hard hard work. And Maroon's going, and Maroon and Duhame, I should say, are going to add a physicality to your point that's going to help you up front. So. I am flipping flipping C one and C three to me. Uh, if we see this for for you know a couple of weeks, maybe. I mean, I'm I'm just estimating here. I think will be a pretty easy move if the head coach will do it. And that, of course, is another question. And I think that's what I would I would take it a lot seriously. And I know I said this team's not a playoff team in our little preseason preview earlier this week, but. I, I need I need to see someone else between the middle of those guys to take them seriously, if and not for it to be Ryan Hartman. So, if Rossi, if Rossi continues to develop and makes the proper strides, then show off. I like it. Yeah, I did show it. Sorry. Well, and, and the question is this too: If you give Zuccarello and Kaprizov a skilled center, I don't mean a hard worker, because we always go back to you know 
Bill Guerin's um, Bill Guerin's feeling that in 2023 you don't need you know that that playmaking center because Kirill and Zuccarello can basically help each other make plays. But Dex, if you give them, if Rossi has asserts himself as a skill player, and then you can tell Matt's dude start shooting the puck. Because I think in some ways, because of the lack of skill at the center spot there with with Hartman, I think Zuccarello takes it to heart that I got to set up uh, Kaprizov. But think about this. If you get it to be Rossi, okay, and now you've got your skilled guy. you got your guy that can see the ice. you got your guy that can set guys up. I think it becomes much easier to sit Zuccarello down and say, dude, we need you to shoot. When, when you have a shot, don't worry about Unless 97 is wide open, you know, your first thought should be if you're in scoring position to try and score. Because I do think Zuccarello takes that that whole thing of I'm a pseudo center to heart. And I think at times I think at times it hurts him because what you see is a guy who's trying to do way too much instead of saying, "Okay, you know, if I have. 97 open, I'll pass to him, but I'm not going to force it because it feels like he forces it a lot. And my guess is it's partially to to make up for the fact that Hartman is who he is, which is not really a true playmaking center type. Just a guess. Yep, and and that's where they'll probably do. I mean, knowing Dean, he'll probably give Frederick Goudreau a reward because he loved him so much. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping at the end of the day he actually gives. Well, you know what it, you uh, could do. So and and again, I think this would be a fun. Third line, Felino, Goudreau, and Hartman, and you could actually, if you want, flip them and have because when Hartman got off to the bad start a year ago, before he got hurt in Chicago, they did this. You could flip if you want Goudreau back to center because he's on the right wing of Rossi right now, and you could flip him back to center and move Hartman to a wing. And then you, yeah, but I mean that, that. Think about that for a third line. That would be a third line that would work their asses off and would serve a purpose big time. Absolutely. Yeah, um, but I, I just think in general, the fact they were able to get a big win here tonight. It was fun. performance by Gus Bus, and you, know, you wait a long time from the offseason for hockey. There's not a lot going on. It was a good positive win. Good positive win. Good, good uh, tone-setting win well, for the Wild over the Panthers. Compared to a year ago, it is a breath of fresh air. To see the wild, as Jesse Pierce said, too. Full credit to her. Um, it is a breath of fresh air to see the goaltending get off to such a great start. Because yes. that was, I, I mean, we were <laughs> a week in last year. I thought to myself, Gustafson is a backup and he's a bust. And Flurry is not a young man. So, like, what we saw tonight is about as big a turn as you can possibly get. And, again, that was um, 41 saves by Gus. And that was not an easy night. Like, he made a lot of great saves off deflections and things. So, yes, I'm with you. That's a fantastic start. Um, it was a, I think it was a fun second and third. Again, the first was pretty lackadaisical. The Panthers without, were without what? Two of their key defensemen and Sam Bennett was out too. Your guy, guy. who you tried to get yep, from the, nope. fl- from the flames. But that being said, yeah. And so now the, uh, now the club will travel to Toronto to play the, Maple Leafs on Saturday night. Oh, but before I go, I want to show you something, okay? You so they so they pass these towels out to start the towels? Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. So I'm like, okay, you know, it's towels. It seems weird. Now watch this though. All right. It turns out these towels have this on the back. I'm gonna do this. And before the game, this is what 
a majority of the fans in the building did. All right, I'm going to, let's see if I can do it. Okay, I yanked it out. Now watch this. Okay. Now watch this. I've never seen this before. Oh, wow. Can you see this? Look at that. Yeah, I can. Lights can up. you see this? And And they were green and red lights. It lights cool. up. And so they turned the lights down and everybody waved their towels. I've never seen it before. An opening night towel that blinks. Maybe in the playoffs, maybe a good six-game series, we can bust those out for a couple games, huh? Don't, you know, you know. Here, here's a thought: Should we do away with the to- with 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 the towels? With the towels. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, as far as the Twins go and the um, Wild goes, hey, you know what? The Wolves too. I think we should go in a different direction. I think I think we got a. I think the towels don't work anymore. What batteries? We go St. Cloud State. What what, what do you suggest? We throw and, and throw from our hands. Then what do we do? What can we wave that's not a towel? I'm just, I, I just, you know, Homer hankies. They don't work. In fact, I got mine. I, know, I got I, mine I, from I last night. I grabbed from the press box last night. Spoiler alert. Oh, oh you found one in the press box? I paid four bucks for mine. Thanks I for sharing you. You're so, you know, these don't work. The last few years, these don't work. I think we gotta, I think we got to get something else. I love it. I think we got to do something else. All right. I've said uh, enough. Uh, hit, hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports go. Entertainment. This is Judd's Hockey Show. Judd's uh, double fist in his towels, if you will. we got a feedback Friday, tomorrow on Purple Daily. we got plenty of stuff coming up. Vikings event line. Vikings back in action against Chicago Bears. Uh, twins are done. We're in off-season mode for there. But the Wild have started back up. The Wolves are around the corner, too. So our winter sports are already here. So shout-out to the Wild for bridging our – or the Twins for bridging our gap for just a little week before uh, the Stanley Cup and uh, the LOB parades can start. Hit that subscribe button. Pass, shoot, score.